but they have to come together within their locker room. We have to see who's going to develop as far as leaders because not a knock on the Giants, but just because they put a C on your jersey that has no meaning to that, you're a leader of that team. Welcome to True Blue with Mike Viv and LPG. So, Mike, I'm so glad we got this guy, bro, because, I mean, you and I talked about this before, probably the greatest interception. No, no, no. most significant, most significant. Blackburn might have something to say about that, buddy. Ah, uh, you know what? Good point, good point. But look, look, this led us into that first one, okay? And without that, without Favre's last pass in Green Bay, you know, as a Packer, you know, without Corey Webster, and I'm dying to know what went through his head, you know, when he got it. And then, of course, Tynes went through. So, so let's ask this guy how he did it and how it felt and get his ass out here, Corey Webster. Good day, sir. See you Good day. <laughs> hey, if you don't if you don't greet Corey Webster with great day, then you you don't follow him. Hey, straight up. I appreciate it, Joe. <laughs> you, you don't follow him. Welcome to True Blue Corey Webster. Man, thank you for having me. How you guys doing? Oh, Come on, man. It's another beautiful day in, in Giants land when you're uh when you're you know heading towards first place in the NFC East. Still in the hunt, baby, right where we need to be. <laughs> I'm gonna start I wanna start this off with something that I just noticed, which is great. Uh, <laughs> that I just noticed about Corey Webster. Corey Webster's Twitter bio. Do you know what it says, Joe? Take a guess. I I know, so you go ahead. Four words. New York football giants. That's the whole bio. That's I <laughs> love that. That's amazing. Uh, one of the very rare uh, two-time Super Bowl winners and once a giant, only a giant type of guy. So really welcome, right. dude. We're, we're uh, honored to have you on. I appreciate you guys having me, man. I know it's going to be a lot of great stuff, and I know we're going to talk about Big Blue, so wouldn't be hey, in hey, place. You know what, Cor? Let's, let's seriously, let's jump into it right away. Like, as a, as a former player – um, someone that has won a couple of chips here. What what goes through your head when you see what's going on here? Like what what is it like? Can you point fingers? Is it is it owners, management, coaching, players, everything? What is it, man? You can never point fingers because when you point fingers, it's always three pointing back at you. So never want to point fingers. Um, is you know probably a combination. I think everybody would take some type of responsibility and accountability for those actions. Me being a former player. And having started from the bottom and built it all the way to what it was, you know, being able to win two championships, it's tough to see it here right now because being optimistic, you always think that it's going to just continue to get better and better and better. But that's not always realistic. So um, we're going through a little, you know, bumps and bruises and, you know, a little growing pain right now. Hopefully they can get that turned around. I don't know if it's going to happen now. You know, we are very – impatient we live in a time that we want results now but um we know it we want it to happen i know you guys want it to happen i mean it's 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 funny you say that bumps and bruises and and growing pains Corey, how long you been out of the league i was seven years now eight years Bro, i don't even know growing pains since you left damn it <laughs> <Enough with it. laughs> hey so that must mean something big and bright is in the near future for g-men fans right <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike, Mike, he's starting to think like literally LPG. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, the, the positivity <laughs> optimism, 
the positivity and optimism keeps us going in a time like this. There's no other guy for me to be like connected with than, than Joe because he just keeps it so, so great. Um, one of the most positive spots in the, the team so far has been the defense. Uh, from a defensive, from a player who had success on the defense, played for Spagnuolo, played for Coughlin, like really, you know, great general type of coaches. What's your first impression of this? The new players on defense, it's a very young defense. Uh, and, and the coaching staff and how they're setting them up. Well, that's just it. You know, you got young players. So you normally say, you know, it's going to take some time to get going. But you're seeing success early on. So hopefully they can continue to build with that success. And then I think the key would be to um, – I think they're putting them in great position, coaches and players as well, um, communicating on the field. But I think the key would be for them to handle the success in a great way so they can continue to build. Sometimes it's hard for young players to handle success and be able to grow with handling the success that they're having early on. I know they're not having success as far as the – the wins and loss columns right now, but um, I think that will be it. You know, those guys be able to handle the success and continue to build off of what they're doing right now because I think they're laying a great foundation. Huh? I like that. I like that too. What was it like for you coming, like say, you know, your rookie year, your second year? Um, pretty. I mean, what, what, when did when did when the third year? Was that what we were well, Yes. Your third season. So third season. You know, you you you. Um, you know, you didn't have, you, you didn't come in and you weren't starting right away. You had to, you know, you had to do your thing. You had your learning curve. What does that learning curve look like, especially from a DB standpoint? Because we have a lot of young DBs. Um, well, you know, DB and, you know, more specifically, cornerback is a tough position to play, right? Because you're on the island, literally, and everybody can see your mistakes. Um, whereas, you know, defensive line, linebackers, you have other guys that's behind you that's keeping you inside of the umbrella. So you don't see their mistakes uh, as, as, obvious as you can see the db's mistakes so um you know coming into that that's the mindset that you have to have and you know it starts with having a short-term memory you're gonna you know especially being young you're gonna give up some plays so you need to have a short-term memory so that that one play don't turn into two plays don't turn into a bad quarter don't turn into a bad game so i would tell those guys have a short-term memory and i learned that in college you know have a short-term memory so you can get to the next play learn from that play right there and um hopefully it doesn't you know, affect the rest of the game and you can, you know, maybe slow down the chances of giving up big plays or that particular play going forward. So um, the learning curve, um, I would say definitely to tell them going with, you know, short-term memory. But um, for me, it's knowing who you are too. I think a lot right now, a lot of guys, and this, you know, puts us almost back to that first question of why are we here right now as far as the Giants? I don't think a lot of guys know who they are. And um, that's not to take a knock on just the Giants. I'm just talking about overall with social media, internet, and everything that's going on, I think people are still trying to figure out who they are. So um, I think it takes that. Like, I knew who I was coming in. So even in that third season that you talk about, I started um, the beginning of that season, but then I was out of the starting lineup, I think, in the second or third game of that season. And then I started again when the playoff run started, right? So, but I never I never um, veered away from who I was. I know who I was from the beginning. I think a lot of guys go up and down with – what type of success they're having. And uh, sometimes that, you know, can be a toll on a younger player. Now, you know, that's, that's an awesome answer going back to two minutes ago when you were saying short-term memory, because I really don't believe that the players today have that mentality. I think they literally take it with them. And then unfortunately they get destroyed on social media, yeah. which brings back their short-term memory to the present. Yeah. And, and I, listen, I, I think that quarterback is literally 
besides quarterback, I think it's the hardest position to play in sports. Me. I really do. And not just because your butt's on here. I literally believe it's the hardest play. You don't know the routes. You got to be quick on your feet. You, you got multiple wide receivers that are coming into your zone. It's, it's extremely difficult. So, so yeah, I think I'm so happy you brought up the social media aspect because I love it. Yes. It's given, it's given me my platform. I've been doing this, you know, for 20 years, at least a home and away. And, and not until social media came along did it build me up. However, it also has its ruts and it's negative and it really does affect athletes. So, you know, that was, that was a really good point. Yeah. What, what I say is for athletes, they need to know um, to take the goods with the bad. You know what I mean? Look, just be honest. You're not as great as they say you are. You're not as bad as they say you are. As athlete, you want to find yourself somewhere in the middle, just working to be a better version of yourself every day. So for, for myself, is not to read the newspaper articles. Not that it's a knock on the journalists or the newspaper that's putting it out. Um, for myself, is not to watch the ESPN. It's not to watch the sports centers. Not that that's a knock on any of those guys that's in that profession, right? So um, I think the players have to take that with a grain of salt. Like, they don't have to buy into it. And don't let it be a distraction to them or, or the locker room for that matter. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's what's happening right now. That becomes a distraction. What it is, a meme, a, a meme. You know what I mean? A meme right now turned that short-term memory into a lifetime right now. So Correct. If, if you're paying attention to that meme or you're paying attention to the internet, it's hard for you not to see that. So you have to understand how to unplug and, you know, when to use social media and how to use it for an asset and not let it to be a liability to. You know, LeBron used to turn off when the season started. Correct. Done. You know what I mean? That's correct. Now, yeah. now, until he understood how to go about handling it, and I think he does a great job with his platform. So right? do I. So yeah. I think some guys have to understand it from that way. Until you have a grab or grips on, you know, how to handle your platform, how to talk to your fans and your audience, don't let it become a distraction to you. Would you, would you have turned off, Corey? Because, because I'll give you, I'll give you a, a positive right now. Um, you know, I do follow you, and I do, I do like listening to you, and I do listen to your positive notes and your feedbacks and everything that you offer now. I don't think you would have done that playing days. It would have been – a distraction. I think you would have tweeted a little bit. I don't think you would have been live or making videos left and right until maybe the end of the season. But uh, but how do you feel about uh, where you have grown after football? Because I, I really do enjoy your videos, and I want you to keep going. I appreciate it. Look, I, I will. I'm going to, um, you know, eventually, top of the year, I'm going to be starting my own podcast. So you're going to have other people that, you know, I'm here that I'm going to be interviewing. Um, but for me, I think I was in a blessed situation to understand what it was to be without the internet, what it was to be without social media, as well as what it is to be with it. And I was around some great people like the Nick Sabans, the LSU staff that taught us how to use social media. I yeah. think nowadays a lot of kids are just being born into it and they have no idea how to really use it um, to gain, you know, whether what they want out of it. Sometimes they just use it just because they was born into it. Right. Yeah. So that's true. Me, I think I would have been uh, on, bit of a LeBron pack, meaning um, use it how I needed to use it because I had people around me to show me how I needed to use it, you know what I mean? So it could be an asset. I would have never let it be a distraction to me because, again, I was blessed to be in that situation around the Nick Sabans of the world um, when we had Facebook when it first came out. You know, LSU was a part of that process when, you know, the Ivy League school got it for a while. And I hate to go into this, but you could only get a Facebook account if you had an EDU. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it had to be – 
on a college campus. And then yep. they open it up to, I mean, you can see the movie for all that, but I'm saying I, I remember <laughs> being a part of that. And, you know, um, so I understand how to use the social media. So I would have never let it be a distraction. I didn't let the papers be a distraction to me or the, um, you know, the ESPNs be a distraction to me. So I would have treated the same way. Only, just kidding, hey, Mike, Mike only, just kidding. He's not, he, he's at least allowed back at LSU for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> only ESPN distraction if we're talking, uh, NFC Championship game. If we're talking coldest game of the year, then maybe I'll watch ESPN, <laughs> and maybe I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, uh, when, when you do go on, and no one gets this more than Joe with the the, the social media kind of like battling with fans and just opinions, 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 and not in players, some players, but like these fans who are just you know everyone, everyone's a problem. They everyone can come up with their own issues, uh, but there are. Switching back to the Giants, there are some real, some real issues. Yes. Uh, you're obviously you, you're obviously very in tune with it. What um, what do you see as the positives or the the projection of the rest of the season as positives? Uh, and what do we have to what do we have to work on from a team? Because we get we run the gamut here. Like we just get everything every day that we need to fix. But what do you see? Well, I think for once you have a lot of good key players. You know, what I mean, um, I know we you know sorry for Saquon he can't be here for the year, but we have a lot of other key players that can, you know, really play and very young, like we talked about earlier. So I think we have to keep that locker room together. We don't need the outside distractions spilling over into the locker room. All right. Um, and I think if they could do that, they can continue to put, you know, one game seasons every week together and you never know the sky's the limit, um, but they have to come together within their locker room. We have to see who's going to develop as far as leaders because not a knock on the Giants, but just because they put a C on your Jersey that has no meaning to that. You're a leader of that team. Right. Yeah. So we have to find out who those leaders are. You know, I mean, who those guys are going to step up and who those guys are willing to follow. And I think they still need a bit of identity. I don't think they have identity just yet. I'm not just talking about run past identity, talking about culture. Right. You know, people talk about a lot about culture right now, but they really need an identity and a culture identity to see where they're going moving forward. And I think if they can figure that out through these growing pains, they'll be OK. So so, you know, good point about growing, being a young team. What is your immediate what is your immediate thought of on the coach Joe Judge well I mean he's been around a lot of great coaches right uh, meaning you know the Nick Sabans of the world some people that I've been around right um, coach Belichick so um, I think um, he has those ingredients inside of him but it's still going to be how those guys respect him and how they react to him in the locker room um, can he actually lead his team right meaning um, he has been a part of people that have been great and they were the leaders he was kind of doing his job and I'm sure he did it to the best of his ability but now he's in that role so how those guys are going to respond to him and respect him in that manner I think that's going to be a lot so far we're in a you know a uphill battle so we need to still see that and I think only time going to tell the I think we'll see it sooner than later though yeah I, I I agree with the time will tell however you know I agree. It's a it's a cordial type of dating right now. The fan base and Joe Judge, the team and Joe Judge. I will say that I am, you know, for a one in five team. I think you haven't heard a peep out of that locker room, negative wise. Mm -hmm. um, and then look what's going on in Dallas right now. Everybody throwing everybody under the bus. Look at what's going on in New York with the other team. That you know, that's all over. You know, everybody wants out. Everybody wants to be traded. And, and you know what? I believe that goes back to the head coach. If you have that respect in the locker room, 
you are going to get that silence even though they're one in five. So, yes, it's a courting period. It's a, it's, a, it's a dating period right now. We're still trying to feel everybody out. But I believe the Giants got a good one. Yes. I believe that if the general manager is fired, which I believe he will be, I really think that the next general manager should contemplate keeping Joe Judge. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that would be a big thing, right? You know what I mean? Because sometimes those relationships go with – they go, right. kind of go together, right? So that will right. be a, a, a big decision that, you know, we have to cross. But, you know, what happens? Winning kind of cover up all that, you know what I mean? When <laughs> start winning, they cover up all those problems. But um, That's true. Yeah, we have had a problem, you know, in those situations as far as bringing in certain draft picks. And, you know, Giants have been a team that brought in draft picks, and they stuck by those draft picks. When, you know, before I got there, I saw guys there that was whatever the talent level may be, but Giants stuck by those guys. And while I was there, and um, right now you're seeing that turnover happening a little faster yeah. than usual, right? Yeah. Right. Good right. point. Good point. Right. And that's I – mean, we, you know, the coaching turnover happened as well. Um, and, you know, our fan base is just a little – kind of tired of it, you know, a couple coaches in a couple of years. And I do, I personally think, I know Joe personally think that judge is the guy personally think that Daniel Jones it really could be the guy at, at this point. Who was your, um, who was your ment mentors as far as teammates when you got to the team? I love that you were on the, this is the best part about this talking to you is that you were on the giants. You never run on another team. That's <laughs> you, we finally got someone from the defense. Um, and someone was only a giant. So who was your mentor yeah. when you when you came into into the team? Um, I'll say this. Um, Sam Madison, R.W. McQuarters have to be the biggest mentor. And not just because, um, you know, I met them at the Giants. I know they was with, you know, other teams before. But those guys really taught us how to be young men and how to be professionals, right? Um, on the Giants team, Strahan, obviously, we, um, you know, was able to learn a lot from him. Um, Tiki Barber as well. Um, not just on the field stuff, but off the field as well. Um, but I have to say my, my biggest two would have to be um, Sam Madison and R. Doug McQuarters. Great. Sam Madison's an amazing, amazing person. And, a and, a and two great dudes, too, like nice dudes that probably I could see teaching while having fun. It's funny yes. that he picked, yes. he picked two great guys, so that's funny. Did you see, obviously you saw the video I put out the other day of, of you and I singing a little fresh, pr little fresh Prince clip at, uh, at Joe's softball tournament. That was funny. Were you, were you ever part of those, what I just heard, this rap battle situation that was going on in the locker room? <laughs> nah, you know what I mean? Nah, not me at all. You know what I mean? That, that ain't my, you know what I mean? I, I, you, you, I'm about respect, right? So, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, you're not going to cross the line with me and just, you know, we're going to laugh and joke about it. That's not my But I can say I saw those things happen. I know others like to joke and play around like that. But now nah, I heard that. I saw that clip up the other day. But um, nah, you wasn't gonna do that with me. You hate <laughs> yourself. You hate yourself. That was good. I like that. Nah, Corey, Corey was not gonna be talked about, and he definitely was not gonna be thrown in no ice bucket. Yeah, nah. Yeah, we don't bring. Hey, Corey. Hey, let's let's fast forward to probably one of the top three. I I going with number one, and Chase Chase is gonna have a little word with me, like Mike said later, and Seahorn might have a word with me as well, but. Probably the, the, the most crucial interception in Giants history at that time. Uh, I, I've, it's funny how long we've been friends, and I've never, I never had the chance to, to ask you, or I guess I never just came out and asked you, what goes through your head when you get the ball? What goes through your head when you actually have it in your hands and you go down? Like, what was that? Tell me your what that was. Out, your thought out head. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. What well, was that? You but know, you know why? Because I couldn't tweet it at you. So tell me now. <laughs> uh, well, just for instance, just make, felt like that play lasted forever, right? <laughs> felt like the ball was in the air forever. Um, but also, I have to go back early. I got beat early in the game. Um, just um, had a good jam on down the driver, decided to peek in the backfield, thought it was a run play, kind of threw him, and that kind of sprung him open, caught a pass down the field. So the whole game, I'm looking for a calculated risk, how I get that back, right? Not to do nothing crazy because I already then did something, you know, mm -hmm. to give up a big play. So I'm looking for that back, right? And now it's the start of overtime. What better time? He's he has to come to his main man. Him and Donald Driver had this relationship, right? Mm -hmm. This this is overtime of the NFC Championship game. Like he has to come to this guy's third down, right? Yeah. So um, just trying to read the route, being very focused, um, remembering the the film study that came to this point, knew the routes and the combination that they're like, and uh, was able to get underneath the route. Like I said, the ball was forever in the air. My eyes was big. It was catch it, catch it. And then when I caught it, remember, our dub had, I think, fumbled a couple of balls because it had been so cold out there. Yeah. They couldn't feel it, the ball. You know what I mean? He yeah. couldn't feel it at all. So um, the get down part was hoping we was in good enough position that, you know, the offense can, you know, get a couple of yards and get the field goal. But just to hold on to the ball, tuck it. I didn't want him to strip the ball away from me or nothing like that. Once he touched me, it was just cradle the ball, go down, and, you know, give our team an opportunity. How cold were you? Very. I'm from Louisiana. I played volleyball <laughs> in Louisiana. Like, you know what I mean? So now we're playing with the third or second coldest game ever in the NFL. You know, windshield, negative, whatever. We don't – we have hoodie season year-round in Louisiana, right? We don't need a big day. So we was very cold. So it's time to get out of there. <laughs> I looked at the play again just today, just like kind of just going over it. And you it caught, it's, it's stuck, it stuck right in there. There was yeah. no bobble. There was nothing. It, it stuck right in there. I Corey, was Corey held that ball with three hands, bro. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> he did. It stuck right it's, in it's there. It's funny, Mike, it's funny when he's sitting there talking about it. Like, you can't tell me you didn't play at, like, like second by second of that play in your head. He could talk about that for the rest of his life, and we're going to exactly. sit here and see the whole play in our head. <laughs> it's, seriously, it's incredible. So we had um, Weatherford um, last week. And we talked about the parade, uh, the parade. You, you, you have two parades. So what's uh, your memories of both victory parades, if you have any, that you could tell us? Dig deep. Go peel back behind the curtain. Give me something. <laughs> give me something. Well, one, it's a safe you know, space here, Corey. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> for one, you know, um, that's the, you know, where the true heroes march, right? So, you know, for us to be able to share that same um, ground for a parade to celebrate us was the ultimate compliment. And um, – I think I did it with my son. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember, but I, I want to say my son was there the whole time with me. And um, I he think was. the um, I think he got the key to the city and everything like that. You know what I mean? So to, to share that stage with him and wow. for him to be around the team and everybody embrace him um, around that championship walk was awesome. And I think the DBs did something special. We got off the float and we got in the crowds, right? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be – Mixing the two, but <laughs> but but we got in. We was involved with the people. You know, we went touch the people, and you know, really embraced us along that journey. In '46, so I, again, I, I I did this last week with Weatherford, but I actually got to get on a float, and I rode in a float in in '46, and it was like the last one, and we weren't supposed to go on it. It was supposed to be the DBs, and we were waiting for all the DBs to get on the float, and they're like, you know what? 
all the DBs already got on floats. They didn't like listen to the people that were supposed to put them on what float. They like they had they just did whatever they wanted. They That's got all right. the floats by themselves in the front, and now this one was open. They're like, you guys can go on this one. Yeah. So technically, I wrote on the DB float, but you guys, hey, hey, Mike, do you? I don't even know how how people people don't know how tight these guys were. Right. Like even if a guy missed a a, a week. They would come out in their hats. Corey, somewhere in the man cave, I have four of them if you want one. But every every hat that they got, it had numbers of the guys that were missing. They put them on their cleat. They put them on their on their on their uh, tape, and they definitely put them on their hats. Corey gave me one every game. It was either Terrell Thomas or or Dion or whoever it was. These guys were the tightest group I've ever seen, and I've been doing this a long time. And I. And I miss every single one of you dudes about that. Yeah, likewise. Now, I, um, that's a great thing that you say because a lot of people don't know that, and it takes that. You know what I mean? I felt that that DB group, they knew what it was to win. I'm just going to be honest, right? Because a lot of those guys in that group had won national championship that they respected college, right? So no disrespect to nothing that was going on. We didn't need anyone to teach us how to win, right? We, was already, we already knew how to win, you know what I mean? A lot of us, me, I won in high school, Um you know what I mean? So a lot of it was already winning. So we was looking, how can we bring that um, with our group and bring that to like the linebackers, the defensive um, line, offense, right? How we make the receivers better. And that's what I think creates championship type of teams. You know what I mean? And that's what our job was. Uh, I think LT, Lawrence, Lawrence asked me that the other day as well. Like, man, that DB group, it brought everybody together. Remember, we used to have the sweet rags. We gave everybody the out sweet rags. rags. We gave them nicknames, right? So people felt that they was a part of that. And along with that, it wasn't just about the look. It was about a, a mindset, right? Because along with that sweet rag, you was a part of a group that had to do extra stuff. What I mean by extra was, you know, run off the field, the little things, right? Don't yeah. drop reception. Don't drop ball. EXTRA yeah. was the model, extra. You know, a little extra ain't going to hurt, right? So you need those things to be able to infect the locker room in a positive way. You know what I mean? And that's what I talk about when we talk about culture. If you don't have those guys right there, it's going to be hard, you know what I mean, just to go out there and play. You got to have somebody making it fun, making it interesting, making you want to come to practice and laugh and joke and get better. That's awesome. I, uh, I remember every single minute of that. DBs were my favorite those years. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of credit is, is to you and those guys. Wow. Awesome. I say this, um, you know, kind of like the model that the, um, and, you know, the true heroes have. When I say the true heroes, I'm talking about the people that protect and serve our country, right? Mm -hmm. If you remember, um, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Gatson, right? Of he course. always come to our, and, and give a lot of motivational talk. He was a giant in himself. He was a part of the team, especially on that um, Super Bowl run when we talked about Green Bay Packers interception. He actually yep. has the ball that I intercepted from Green Bay. Because he was with us the whole time, and I developed a relationship with him. So that interception ball, I gave it to him. But it was almost like them, like no man left behind. You know what I mean? Like if we had a guy that was injured or couldn't be there for whatever reason, somebody else was going to step up, and it wasn't going to be in a negative way, right? We were going to step up just to take care of, you know, our brother being down. And um, I think that helped a lot throughout the season to, to build that group that we built. And it was effectual to the other groups, you know, the receivers, the running backs, the, the line ones, and – that kind of spread like wildfire in a positive way. This is what we need, Joe. This is what we need. This is what yeah, we I, need. I got to. We, we don't, we don't, we don't really have that. You're right. And I, I, you know what? I love that story. Um, Mike told me that the ball behind him was the Corey Webster interception. So he lied <laughs> to me. So I'm glad, I'm glad that I know 
that Colonel Gadsden has it. I think that is tremendous. That is tremendous. My respect, my respect for you, Corey, was already here, and it's and it's it's grown it's grown tremendously more just by hearing that. Um, you know, you should know. I I, I told Brandon the same thing, and I truly believe it. Guys like you that I continue to follow after the playing days, you offer so much more now. I watch you as a father figure and a husband and just everything that you're doing and giving back to the community and keeping everybody on a positive note. Kudos to you. Keep doing that stuff because, uh, you know, good things happen to good people. That's you. I appreciate that. Um, you, you need to hear that from time to time, too, but I'm going to continue to keep the fire lit to make sure that I you know, keep doing those things and to provide that positive space for anybody that may need to see that. So I appreciate that. Did you ever, in all your times, did you ever um, go on the field and give cash to former uh, to players when you <laughs> after the game to uh, any LSU players? Did you ever do that? Nah, never. Um, you know, I, that, that's a silly thing. You know, I'm going to say this. <laughs> It's a, it's a, how do I say it? You know, it's a, it's a right way even to do wrong things. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a, I, I say that, you know what I mean? Uh, so I, you know, you know, you know, in the good book, it always said, do something with your right hand and hide it away from your left hand. Right. So even if I was going to bless somebody, not just on the field, not just a collegiate person, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it for the attention. I would do it for the right reason of helping that person or helping that individual. Hey, I, I, look, 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 Mike, I know that was a, a joke. We ran it uh, before, but, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I got I to gotta tell you, I think he's a tremendous athlete and a tremendous guy. I think no matter what he does, doesn't matter. He gets himself in trouble, yes. and he'll never outlive that. And I should only hope that one day that he wins a Super Bowl so he could have one thing that takes away all of these negative things that has happened to that unbelievable athlete. Yeah, unbelievable athlete, and I've been knowing him. He's a great guy, too, as well. He's, he's a, a great, great guy, guy and a very giving guy. Mm -hmm. But like you said, what, what's it, I keep messing up. Is the memes, the memes, the memes, memes. memes. Gotcha. You know, he, he, some kind of way, you know, is always a, um, a storyline, and he's not necessarily the narrative of his own story because now they're able to paint that picture however they want to right? Uh, because of one or two mistakes you know what i mean and yeah, right. is, the mistakes that he's making is making underneath the eye of everybody right a lot of other right. people make those same mistakes now you know what i mean right. just they're not underneath that microscope right so you know when you was that age or when i was that age i'm happy we didn't have those type <laughs> of devices where everybody has a phone and the media is everywhere you know what i mean so yeah. um i do understand it in that respect you know what i mean and i wish him always the very very best um, and I want him to, you know, be responsible with his platform, but, um, you know, sometimes just come off a little differently. I was, yeah. going to, uh, I was going, and I still want to do this. I'm going to run down. I'm going to drop, I had six names. Odell was one of them. I was, I'm going to drop five names. Uh, and I just want to get, you know, 30 seconds before we'll let you go. Give me 30 seconds on these names. What first comes to mind? Any little, any little bit. So first one, awesome. second one, I, I want to, I just want to start Logan Ryan. He's now wearing your number on the team. Uh, he's 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 probably our veteran presence if there is one in that in that uh, in that. Yeah, section. don't say it. Just give him the name. I mean, I want to hear what he's got to say. All right, Logan Ryan. Yeah. Now, anytime I see that number on the field, it doesn't even matter if it's you know um, the Giants or whatnot. I always wanted to do good. You know what I mean? So um, hopefully he can take that. And I always wanted to do you know better than what I did because he's playing the DB position, and you know hopefully he can you know take the number and wear it well and make it respectable throughout the league.
What, what, do you, what, have you, what have you seen from his play so far? So far, so great. But it's, like I said, there's a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys. So hopefully they can continue to build on that and um, become, you know, a better unit. Hopefully they can take something from what we're doing right here and what we're saying, make everybody better around them so they can get better from it. So, so far, so great. Um, but we, you know, we want to see a few interceptions and, you know, a few things that's happening off the field as far as leading. And um, I think that'll be big. Uh, Kenny Phillips. <laughs> Superman, you know what I mean? That's what I called him. Um, you know what I mean? Very loyal guy, very hard worker. Um, sometimes, I, you know, a few injuries got there, you know what I mean? But loyal, respectable, um, somebody I want on my team every day, all day. Love it. You baller. Love Kenny. You know what, Mike? Mike, I got to tell you, bro, you, we would be talking in such high praise for that guy. But, but now when you bring up Kenny Phillips, you bring up injury. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, Sucks. yeah, you know. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, he, he, he was a killer. Um, uh, Eli Manning. Um, quiet, easy E, you know, a Louisiana guy, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, um, a legend. Should be in the Hall of Fame soon. And, um, you know, just another brother of mine. You, get, you ever get him a lot of practice? You ever uh, you ever pick oh, him? Yes, 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 all the time. You know I mean? I got hey, him. Hey, I got Mike, Mike we're talking about Eli Manning. He got him like 10 times. <laughs> yeah, got to get him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, this, this started at Ole Miss LSU days, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Uh, 20 then. <laughs> um, Jamarcus Russell. Uh, again, um, you know, first pick of the NFL, right? You know what I mean? A lot a lot of people can't say that, you know what I mean? So I still tip my hat to J. Russell, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people haven't done that. Um, you know, a little brother, a little big brother, what I like to call him, but, um, you know, Mobile, Alabama, finest. Yeah, that. That's all you can say about it. Move on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, Brett Favre. Um, I caught his last pass as a Packer. <laughs> that's, that's a great – that's it. I love that. Do you – for a minute there, it was his last pass ever. Ever. Yeah. That would have been cooler. Then, then you're not giving the ball away. No, he might have kept that. He might have kept that. Well, I already gave it away. I'd be lying. I already gave it away. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You, you've been out of league seven years, and, and Colonel Gatson has the ball. Yes. You ever driving in the car one day just say, damn. Nah. He, he, <laughs> he always asks me when I see him, uh, whenever we can catch up, he always asks, do you want the ball back? Oh, he does. Do you want what, the ball what, back? And what a no, classy sir, dude. I think what it's a great hand. You know? <laughs> did you autograph it with something? I did. His autograph. Yes, what a, I, you know what? We got to end on that, Mike. I can, what a. <laughs> Corey giving it to him, class number one. And of course, of course, Colonel Gatz is going to ask him every time he sees him. Two crazy loyal dudes. I love it, man. Corey, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Continue what you're doing. Um, stay blessed and, uh, and stay true blue. And thank you, man. Let's just keep connecting. Uh, whatever you got going on, you know, just uh, hit us up. And we'll, you know, we'll share it. Joe uh, is a psychopath, so he's always in. He'll probably know what you're doing before you're doing it. Yes. And uh, you know, we'll just keep in touch. Thank you, man. Nah, most definitely, man. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great one. Appreciate it. Be blessed. See you later, Cor. Yeah. Welcome to True Blue with Mike Viv and LPG.